Can everybody hear me okay? Just want to check. Most important thing is to hear the Lord, but in this case, to hear me as well. <clears throat> I, uh, I must say that looking at each of you is so much better than looking in a camera. And not, nothing against a camera, but I'm just, really, I miss everybody at this church. I, I really do. And uh, it's just a blessing, as been said, to worship together. We can worship at home, we can pray in our closet, but there's something unique that happens when people who love Jesus come together. And uh, so I'm, I'm thankful that that's happened. Uh, let's pray, let's pray. Lord David prayed to you, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I put my trust in you. Show me the way I am to go, for to you I lift up my soul. And Lord, today we want to hear about your love, we want to hear about your ways, and we want to hear about your will. Help us, Lord. We need help to listen and to do. And that's what we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Today I want to share a topic with you that has needed to be heard for a long, long time, but is seldom spoken. And my title is how does God see people versus how do we see people? How does God see people versus how do we see people? Let's start in the beginning. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. Verse 27. So God created human beings in his own image. Verse 31. God saw all he made, and it was very good. All people are equally made in God's image. And people are not like drinks in the grocery store. Cranberry, raspberry, 15% juice. Strawberry lemonade, only 10% juice. Mango, peach, 5% juice. People are not like juice because God has made everyone 100% in the image of himself. Can I get amen? Amen. The prophet David says in Psalm chapter 86, verse 9, All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, O Lord. They will bring glory to your name. Psalm chapter 117, verse 1 says, Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. Psalm 66, 1 says, Shout with joy to God, all the earth. Do you see a pattern here? All the people, all the nations, all the earth. God's concern is not limited to one part or to one people or to one race, but to all. On the count of three, I want everyone to say all. One, two, three. All. Now on the count of three, you did that so good, I want everybody to say all, but have a big smile so it messes up your mask, all right? One, two, three, all. 
Yes, all people are made in God's image. Many of us know the beginning of John 3.16, for God so loved the world. Again, it's not a few people or a region. God loves everyone. Revelation chapter 5, verse 9, tells us there's going to be a new song in heaven. And some of the words tell us that those from every tribe, every language, every people, every nation will be in heaven. There is no racism, prejudice, discrimination with God. If anyone has put their faith in Jesus as the Messiah, as the anointed one, the one who has come from God as the Savior of the world, they are born again into God's kingdom. God sees all people as his creation with loving eyes. However, Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 and 9 says that his ways are far different than our ways. His thoughts are as high as, above the, as the heavens are above the earth as what our thoughts are. And a great example of this is seen in 1 Samuel chapter 16. If you have a Bible, would you turn to 1 Samuel chapter 16? And those who don't know, 1 Samuel comes before 2 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 16, God says to Samuel that Saul's no longer going to be a king. He messed up. And he told Samuel to go to Bethlehem, the city of Bethlehem, and to look for a man named Jesse who has sons. And God has chosen one of those sons. So Samuel goes to Bethlehem, finds Jesse, and I want to read verse 6. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. Other Bible translations say, verse 6, after taking one look, or he has to be the one. In other words, Samuel was saying, this is a no-brainer. This is the guy. Now listen to verse 6, excuse me, verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I've rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And I want to read 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, in the message version. And it says, but God told Samuel, looks aren't everything. Don't be impressed with his looks and stature. I've already eliminated him. God judges persons differently than humans do. Men and women look at the face. God looks at the heart. Now, I can't speak on behalf of women, but I have to be honest. At least I know there's some men who look at more than the face. I don't know if everybody, I'm just saying, you know. I'm not sure if everybody got that one or not, but I just wanted to put that one in there. Just to make it, uh, and other versions say in verse 7 that the contemporary English version says, people judge others by what they look like, but I judge people by what is in their heart. And the word for heart in the Hebrew language means inner self, one's character, one's morals, one's integrity. 
Well, God says no to the seven sons. And Samuel finds out there's one missing. So they wait for David. And David comes, and God chooses him to be the king. I want us to back up, though, a minute from this story. Samuel was not an unbeliever. Samuel was a believer. In fact, Samuel had been a prophet for many years. And yet Samuel did not see as God sees. Could it be that some of us here today do not see as God sees? And we see like Samuel, who's been a religious person for years and years, but Samuel looked at the outside, not as God did on the inside. Let's look at this in the New Testament. Turn to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. And Peter was uh, born Jewish, and he understood that there's certain food that one eats that's kosher, and there's certain food that you don't eat. And he also was taught not to associate with Gentiles. A Gentile is anyone who's not Jewish. But Peter had a vision from God. Actually, God gave Peter the same vision three times. And three times Peter heard a voice that said, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. Because of the visions and the Holy Spirit direction, Peter allowed three Gentiles to come into the home where he was staying and spend the night. Peter was taking steps to see as God sees. The next day, Peter starts traveling to Cornelius' home, and Cornelius was an officer in the Roman military. He was a Gentile. His house was full, full with other relatives and close friends. Listen to verse 28 in chapter 10. Peter said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or visit him. Verse 34 to 36. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism but accepts people from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. And do you know all the people who heard Peter speak? They all became believers of Jesus. And so does this story end wonderfully? No. In chapter 11, there were people who criticized Peter for going to a home of a Gentile. They weren't rejoicing that people had come to faith in Jesus. How could you go in their home? So Peter tries to explain to them, and I'm going to read chapter 11, verse 15, and 17, 18. As I began to speak, the Holy, he tells them what happened here. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord had said. John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift as he gave us, who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think I could oppose God? When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, So then God has granted even the Gentiles repentance unto life. So does this story end wonderfully? 
Unfortunately, no. If you want to turn to Galatians chapter 2, this is something that's not talked about very much. Peter was a leader of the church. And this is Paul speaking now in Galatians chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 11 through 13. When Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he was clearly in the wrong. Before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in this hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. Maybe on paper, you can check the box. I look at people as God does. But in practice, are you still looking at the outside and making judgments about people? Maybe on paper, you say, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I got this together. But in practice, you're like Peter who's still struggling with this. We have heard you can't judge a book by its cover. So why do we do it? We too often draw quick assumptions about other people, especially those who look different than us. And those assumptions are wrong, they're not Christ-like, and they're sinful. America's history of exploiting, oppressing, and taking land from indigenous people, those who are here first, has affected the way all of us see. America's history of slavery, Jim Crow laws, Segregation, the civil rights movement that's ongoing, affects the way all of us see. The environment where each of us grew up influences how we think and how we see. The media, the education systems we've been exposed to affect the way we see. You can be taught wrong, you can be taught to see wrong and not even know it. If anyone says, my thinking is completely objective, I see just like God sees, that person's pride has blinded their mind and blinded their eyes. I grew up in a small town, Indiana. I never once saw an African American or a Latino or Asian American because only white people lived in my town. I went to college at Ball State University in Muncie, Indiana. And the very first day, I go in a gym, and I meet African-American guys. Then I met them in a dormitory in the classroom. We became friends. Some of them came to my Bible study. After college, I went to North Africa for three months. Then I came back to Muncie, and I started hanging out, getting to know guys in the local projects in Muncie. The following year, I got training from a navigator, old-time leader, who had spent most of his life overseas. Then I came to the south side of Chicago, and 73rd and Jeffrey and 71st and Cornell off Stony Island was my home for four years. And those, most of us who live certain places, we have stories to tell, of course, I have stories, but almost all the stories are about amazing people I met on the south side of Chicago who loved me and cared for me. And I'll never forget this one four-year-old I got close to. His name was Jeremiah. And we just were very close. And one day he came around the building and he saw me and he yelled, Dad! And he came up and he gave me a hug. Now I know Jeremiah's dad. His dad's a godly man and has a very dark complexion. And so I got down and I asked Jeremiah, 
do I look like your dad? And he paused and looked at me. He said, my dad has a big beard. You just have a little beard. Jeremiah sees like God. A short time later, I'm on 71st and Stoney, and that's a busy intersection if you know that area. And I heard a man yelling. And so I looked, and it was a white guy in a delivery truck that had broke down, and he was panicking. And when he saw me, he said, hurry, get in, get in, help's coming, we've got to get out of here. He was really panicking. And so I said to him, wait a minute, wait a minute, do you see that building right there? He said, yeah. I said, I live on the third floor. This is my home. And he got quiet and didn't know what to say. I just walked away. That man did not see as God sees. Another time I was downtown Chicago, and I saw a large group of people gather around a man who was speaking. And all of them looked different to me, but I'm a curious person. I was wondering what they were talking about. So I go over and stand on the fringes of the group. And as soon as the speaker sees me, he stops and he points at me. He said, there's the devil. And as soon as he said that, I turned around to look. You know, somebody says that, you turn around. And so I turned around and he said, no, you're the devil. Now, I don't know about you, but that made me feel a little uncomfortable. You know, that's not something you want people to say about you. And I thought, that's not right. He doesn't know me. I could have helped his family yesterday. And, and yet, I, after I gave it some reflection, I realized that that man in his community had been so oppressed and discriminated against by white power systems and structure that he could only see me as evil connected with those systems. He couldn't see me as God does also as an individual. Eugene Burrell has been He's been my mentor for 33 years. <clears throat> Eugene grew up in the projects in southeast Washington, D.C. He came to know the Lord in the Marines. And uh, for over 45 years, he's helped students at Howard University come to Jesus. And he's also worked with street guys. He was asked by the Washington Redskins, an NFL team who's changed its name recently, praise the Lord, and he was asked by them to be their chaplain because they had heard all the amazing work he had done in the communities around Washington and Baltimore. And he turned the Redskins down. And he, he said, everybody would want to be a chaplain for a professional sports team, but who's going to help the guys in front of the liquor store? Four years ago, on July 30th, Eugene was right here and he performed a wedding ceremony for Rumbi and I. And so, God has blessed me four years and two days to be married to Rumbi. <laughs> and uh, one time I came to visit him in Washington, and he took me to a Bible college. There was a professor he wanted us to meet. So we're in the cafeteria, we're eating, and I see a guy in overhauls with a mop who's cleaning up a spill. And Gene leans over to me, and he says, that's Dr. So-and-so. That's the president of the Bible school. As soon as he said that, I stood right up to shake his hand, tell him what an honor it was to meet him. And then a short time later, the Holy Spirit told me that was wrong. 
Why weren't you going to show respect to the janitor who you thought was that man? And I had to confess my sin I did not see as God sees. On August 28, 1963, at the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King said, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And I want everybody to hear, and even to write this down, it might be in your bulletin, I'm not sure, but to write this down, sorry, I guess we don't have bulletins. Uh, but to remember James chapter two, verse nine. James chapter two, verse nine. In the Good News Translation says, if you treat people according to their outward appearance, you are guilty of sin. Isn't that powerful? If you treat somebody according to their outward appearance, the Bible says you are guilty of sin. So how do we move from seeing people as we do to seeing people as God does. First, we have to acknowledge that we have sinned. We have to humble ourselves and admit, I have not seen as you do, Lord. I'm looking at the outside. I'm being influenced by the outside. We have to confess that. And then I think we have to admit that fear Everybody stay with me now. Fear has caused a separation between people. And the further you go, the more blurred our vision is. What's the answer? The answer is love. Love brings people closer together and it enables us to see more as God sees. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 basically says, a real love for others will chase fear away. A real love for others will chase fear away. We need to apply scripture to our life. In the, living, in the New Living T Translation, 2 Corinthians 5.16 says, We have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. Isn't that powerful? Do we want to obey scripture? Do we want to be light in the world that's only seeing bad stuff? Well, 2 Corinthians 5.16 says, we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. We got to stop. We must stop. Ephesians 5.2 says, live a life of love. Matthew chapter 22, verse 19, Jesus says, love your neighbor. And Luke chapter 10, he tells us a neighbor is anyone in need. 1 John 4.16 says God is love. We need to pray and ask God to fill us with his love for other people. If you want to see as God sees... If you want to stop looking at the outside to make those judgments, I ask you now to stand. In the past, I would ask people to come forward. But if right now today you say, Lord, I want to stop seeing the outside. I want to see people as you do. Would you stand up right now? And by standing up, you're making a statement to God in front of other people that you want to stop judging people by how they look.
and you want to have insight from God Almighty how to see people through eyes of respect, the eyes of love. I will give each of us a moment to talk to the Lord right now, and then I'll close us in a word of prayer. Let's pray. Lord, we're here. Those of us who know you and love you, we confess to you we have not seen as you want us to see. We see the outside, the stature, the appearance, the clothes, and we make judgments, Lord, and that's sin. That's sin. Lord, we're coming before you now. We're asking for your help to forgive us for in the past that we've done that and to help us, Lord, help us to move on. And we realize this took Peter a number of times. If it's going to take Peter, we're not going to just snap our fingers and all of a sudden see like you. But Lord, help us be on a path when we see someone, when we meet someone, especially who looks different than us. Help us not to be so quick to judge them by their appearance. Instead, to love them and get to know them on the inside. And we need you, Lord. We can't do this on our own. We ask in the name of Jesus you would transform us to see people as you do, to love people as you do, and to let that light shine. And people will ask, why are you looking at them differently? And we can say it's because of Jesus. So, Lord, we thank you that you're here with us. We thank you. You said this is your will and your word. And now we ask in the name of Jesus, you'll help us to do that for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.